This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. The Taliban is in control of Afghanistan, and Western countries are scrambling to get people out. At first glance, it could be the US military, but the flags and the flowing hair and beards soon tell you this is the Taliban. There are scenes of panic and pandemonium at Kabul airport today as desperate people pour onto the runway trying to flee the country. Breaking news from Afghanistan where Taliban fighters have now captured two more key cities. Women are in hiding, uh, particularly women who have been outspoken in that country. Christians and other religious minorities who are still in Afghanistan are fearing for their lives. The Taliban has a hit list of Christians who they are targeting. You're about to hear one of the most incredible stories that I've ever heard. I heard her story for the first time because of Pastor X and his team, his team of security operators that that help get people off the ground in dangerous places when they need to be removed. So this security detail person was telling the story of of a woman that that was outside of Afghanistan that wanted to get back in when the Taliban was taking over. And they gave her the option to get out and to stay out. And, and she said, no, I have to go back in. And I have to be a light for Jesus in this dark moment with my people. And so they were sad. In fact, this security person was was devastated that she wanted to go back because he said, it felt like we were just signing off on her death warrant. Like she she probably won't come out. And we we told her that. We said, we don't know that, that we can get you out. We don't know that you'll be able to get out if you go back. And she said, I understand that. I'm going back. So she knew in going back that she was risking her life, but she did it, as you'll hear, because of her love of God and her love of people. So today, she has risked her life to do this interview. And I don't say that lightly. In fact, we, we dared to even hope we would be able to get this. So this is for you all. She did this to encourage your faith, to strengthen your faith so that more and more people would not be afraid of what the enemy throws against us. So that more and more people would rise up and do the things that God has put in your heart to do. So enjoy. I know you will. And I know you'll never be the same. In the beginning, it was different, but now we see so much death. Death is not something that scares me anymore. If there is a shot in my head, I will go to God faster. I don't have any problem with death. It's a part of life. I will be free. You are in Afghanistan right now. I want to hear just a little bit about your story growing up and and your time in Afghanistan. I grew up in a big family. My mother didn't expect me. I just came. I came at not a good time in their lives, so I was not really wanted. My family wasn't Christian at all. My father died when I was six, and after my father died, the family became a mess. My three brothers get into crimes and drugs and went to prison at times, all three of them. My mother really got bad emotionally. 
My two sisters were pretty normal, I would say, but my family was really destroyed. My three brothers would get into fights. I had seen them stab each other. That was the context of my growing up. When I was 12 years old, I met Jesus. My life changed. I started to see the love of God through the people, the other believers. I started to pray for my family. It took five years for the first person in my family to come to know Jesus, my sister. After that was my mother. As soon as my mother became a believer, she really got freed from the stuff that she used. She changed. After that, my brother, then my sister, then my other brothers, they all followed Jesus. My family really changed. When I look at people here in Afghanistan, their life is a mess. I am broken, but I have hope. I know what Jesus did in my life and in my family's life. It doesn't matter how broken or messy life is. I know that God can change the life of the Afghan people. So we do hear about stories from the Afghanistan church out here, and we would love to hear how it's grown. How has that happened that so many people are following God and and knowing him? Very few local believers, not so much at all. That started to change and get a little bit better in 2014. And now after 2017, I am seeing much more. I am seeing a movement, I would say. We have seen God himself touch the hearts of people. That makes all of the difference. In the past, it was more about, let us share about Jesus. For myself, I always had an agenda in mind about sharing about Jesus. We would start to share about Jesus, and they would have a wall and want nothing to do with you. But now we pray, we fast, we love people. When we get their hearts, we start to share little by little. That's how we start to share. Would you say that it has felt communal and you felt safe? It was never safe. The security was never very good. The old government was not very much behind the Christians. They, have, they gave less trouble to us, but if they found out, yes, they would take us. It's their decision, their judgment. Go to prison, get killed. The law here, you can get killed, punished to death. That's not something I think of every day. If I give too much space to it, fear can take over. I try to think of being careful. I avoid thinking of what can happen. God has given me strength, not once, not twice, but many times. And so life has changed in the last year. Let's talk about that for a minute. How has your life specifically changed? And I want you to get into the story of even just, you had the opportunity to go, to get out of Afghanistan and you didn't take it. So talk a little bit about your life since the Taliban took over. Yes, by chance, I was in a neighbor country when the Taliban came. I will give you an example of what I felt. If you were working in the garden and hear your children screaming and you look to your house and see it smoking, what do you do? You don't just sit there and look at your house burning. You just run there. You run there because they are your children. It has nothing to do with being bold 
or brave or courageous. Sometimes people say that about me, and it has nothing to do with that. For me, Afghanistan is like my child, I would say. It's not like I can sit outside in the garden and watch them shouting there and burning do nothing. The only thing that can change Afghanistan is the gospel, is Jesus Christ and nothing else. Well, I want to I want to be clear about what you just said so that nobody misses it. That she was actually out of the country at the time. While everyone is leaving the country, she is running back into the country. There was something in you that had to get back. And have you regretted it? I mean, now that you're back in, I'm sure it's not easy to get back out. Did it cross your mind that I might die here? It crossed my mind many days and many times. Not just now, but before too. I was very nervous when I was coming, and then I was the only one coming. Many people were going to the neighboring countries. I saw an old lady, and she started to cry to me. She said, what are you doing coming back, my daughter? You should not come back. This country is not the same anymore. That really touched my heart. It made my conviction that it is okay if I die. To die is not a problem for me. I am often afraid of suffering physically. I pray and try to take that from my mind. And I try to keep focusing on what God wants for me. But yes, it is a fight in my heart about fear. The difference is that the fear doesn't control me. Oh, I mean, it's not, you're right. It's not just death. It's, it's a fear of, of suffering, of torture. Talk about that for a minute. And, and how do you live in the midst of, of so much fear? I'm sure that everywhere you look, people are afraid and their lives are being impacted daily. Like what, tell us some of the stories of people you love there where they're faced with unthinkable circumstances right now. I had another person who he was very bad. Men here are another level. He was involved in drugs and crime, and he had killed many people. He started to change little by little until he accepted Jesus. One day he said, I need to talk to you. He wouldn't look at me, and he started to cry. He kept saying, forgive me, forgive me. He had planned to kill me and a few other people. For me, I exploded in joy. I saw what a privilege it was to have someone who had planned to kill me sit in front of me crying and asking for forgiveness. He is on fire for God and for Jesus. Tell me about what it has been like to be in community with people there right now. I'm sure you all are so dependent on each other and take care of each other. What does that look like? since the country's changed so much? It is a little more complicated. There are leftover believers here. I say leftover because they are the ones left. The ones here are mostly new. Sometimes I go to their house. Sometimes they come to my house. Sometimes we talk by phone. My house has not been very safe this period, though. Somehow we are all grieving the loss for the country grieving for friends who have disappeared. So the ones we can still meet with, it is sweet because it is precious. The connection we have in our hearts makes it so special. It is a reminder about Jesus again. We are family and fighting the good fight. 
we know we are more than conquerors. Even the simple things have been sweet and nice. I think about my own life and, and the people I love, and, and it seems that the more I follow God, the more resistance and the enemy attacks. I wonder what that looks like for you over there right now and, and for the people that, that love Jesus beside you. Do you get discouraged? What, what are the ways the enemy attacks you? The stress, depression, fear, discouragement, despair, it's always here, but it's what we do with it. Will I let that take over me or not? It's a daily choice, but it's not easy. For me, I meet with believers every morning, usually six days a week for prayer in the early morning. So for me, this is something that encourages me. But of course, throughout the day, we have good things and bad things that come break your heart. There's sometimes that I don't know what to do. It's very easy to not know what to do and get in despair. But then if I turn back to Jesus and pray and give this situation to him, he gives me peace. It doesn't mean that the problem will be solved the next morning, not at all. But it does give me peace again in my heart to keep going. The fear is present all the time. The only difference is that the Holy Spirit is in control and nothing else. Not fear, not depression, not stress. It is the Holy Spirit controlling me. That's the only difference. But fear is present. Fear, depression, anxiety, stress. It is all present. There is no way for it to not be. It's just not controlling me. What do you hope? For? Actually, I hope and believe it will happen that Afghanistan will keep growing towards the gospel. I do believe all of these people, all of these children burning inside of the house, will get saved. That's why I am privileged to be in the house that is burning and hold their hands and how to go out from this place that is burning. To find Jesus and get experience with him and become strong. Every day is a new thing that happens. Every day I cry, but is the presence of him. I don't always feel his presence, but I see his presence. I see him touching people's lives. It's not about how I feel or don't feel, because I see him touching people, and that makes everything worth it being here. I'm not worried about being here, even if I get burned. When we reached out to do this interview, we knew that we were asking you to risk your life. And you knew that you were risking your life in doing this, even though we will take every precaution and have taken every precaution we can. Why did you do it? My pastor told me about this and I told him, so what are the benefits? I don't want to just be telling stories so people can hear about Afghanistan. And then the next morning, forget what I said. He said, no, it would be to encourage men and women to stand up and believe that they can make a difference. My motivation was to get people into their calling. Yes, I have in my heart Afghanistan, and I love Afghanistan, and I am here to die for them. But God loves the whole world. It's not only Afghanistan that he loves. For me, 
if this interview will bless people in the States and make one woman or other people have courage to stand up and get into what God is calling them. It doesn't matter where they go as long as they have courage to go and have courage to go share to the people who are burning. That was my motivation for this interview. I believe people can be encouraged by that despite their weakness to stand up and do what God is calling them to do. I am weak and I am seeing God use me. People use the word boldness about me. Boldness, courage, brave. That makes me afraid. I'm like, what are they seeing that I am not seeing? That is things about the love. It was the love that pulled me from the comfort of my place and made me do what God wants. I cannot be sitting and watch my kids be burned and not know which door to go out. I can't do that. As a mother, you run inside to see them be safe. So Steve and Pastor X, it is so good to have you with us today. I would love to hear just your perspective of her because you're watching her life lived out day after day and you have for many years. You know, she's a hero. We know a lot of people who would not choose the life that she has, but she said it so well, like she considers the Afghan people her children, you know, in the fire. And even me, where I live in a very dangerous place, well, compared to her, it's heaven. You know, she encourages the whole team inside the country and the women always pray for her. The women spend time with her. You know, it's such a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. In a sense, you know, I'm going to be honest, you have to be crazy to do what she did. And yes, she is. She is crazy. She's crazy in love with Jesus and crazy in love with people. And that is beautiful. And that is something we should all strive, especially in the West where no one cares about anyone. No one wants to talk to anyone. It's like they're afraid to get made fun of. And But what drives you to get over that hurdle? You know, it should be love. The foundation of everything should be love, and she has it. Steve, you and your team did not want her to go back in. What did that feel like for you as someone that that knew you were sending her potentially to her death as you all allowed her to go back? We wanted the world to hear her story because it's such a beautiful display of the love of Christ. and. You know, we're, we're in the West, we're hearing this, and uh, we're challenged, we're convicted uh, because of the, 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 the inconveniences that we face, you know, so the, the, the social persecution is, is so minimal here versus what she's experiencing. Right. There's, no, there's no social cost really for us like there is for her. And she's a reminder to us that, that grace is sufficient, that whatever place, whatever um, season, whatever calling God places on your life, that he will supply everything that you need to fulfill that calling. It's not about being brave. It's not about being courageous. Like, sure. Yeah, that's part of it. It's about being obedient and it's about being willing and that Jesus does all the work and we just, we come along for the ride. And she reminds us that hope it's not on the other side of suffering. Hope isn't on the other side of the crisis. It's right in the midst of it. 
that God's grace, that the greatest encounters with God and his grace, it isn't at the breakthrough. It's it's right in yeah. the it's, it's yeah. in the pit. It's in the suffering. It's it's in the brokenness, in the despair. And so she is a living, breathing example of that. And, you know, our hope and our prayer is, um, you know, she, she's the Lord's. Right. So we, we release her to God and we, we trust that God is faithful and that he's good. And uh, we just sit back and watch God do an amazing work through her, in her and around her. I mean, I just have chill bumps at the thought of all of the women that are watching this, all of the women that have um, have been inspired and will be inspired because of your life and your faithfulness and what you have risked. You know, Jenny, it's not about inspiring people. Our hope is just to throw crowns at Jesus's feet because he's worth it all. You know, we here, we, we live for eternity. You know, what are you guys living for? You know, in this story, you know, she's risking her life because she's madly in love with Jesus and she's madly in love with the Afghan people. What are you guys madly in love with? We are grateful for the opportunity to partner with Global Catalytic Ministries in this moment. If you're interested in giving to Global Catalytic Ministries so they can provide necessary funds to believers on the ground, go to catalyticministries.com slash giving. That's catalyticministries.com slash giving. And we will make sure to put the link in the show notes. For a seven-day prayer guide and more information on giving, go to ifgathering.com slash Afghanistan. Afghanistan.